Broadcasting from Oklahoma, the tornado capital of the world, home of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the University of Oklahoma Sooners, this is the Curated Experience Show, a weekly podcast about the customer experience with viewpoints you will not hear anywhere else. And now your host, author, and customer experience expert, Amos Tanuma. Welcome to the Curated Experience. I am your host, Amos Tanuma. If this is your first time listening to us, you are in for a treat. We focus on one thing, and it's the customer experience, Uh, whether you're customer or employees, stakeholders, um, consumers. uh, We help you get intention on that effort. So I'll jump right into it. We've got a great show for you guys today. I've got a guest on. I've got Luke Anderson with uh, StarTech with us. Uh, Luke, are you still with me? I am. Good morning, Amos. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning, and uh, welcome to the show. I've been... uh, Trying to get you on. I'm glad the uh, the schedules and the stars sort of aligned. Uh, yeah, aligned, too. <laughs> aligned neatly here. So I'm gonna put your LinkedIn bio when I post this, so folks can 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 look you up there. But uh, just so folks get to know you a little bit, you know, the question I like to ask is, what is your favorite movie of all time? And you only get one. Uh, what would that be? This is the one movie you can watch a hundred times. What would that be? Mm-hmm. Well. Gosh, that's catching me off guard there, but I'll, I'll, I'll honor the universe just by saying that the first thing that popped into my mind was Raising Arizona, oh. uh, a Cohen brother classic. Let's, and uh, I, have probably, I have probably watched it a hundred times, to be honest. So I have seen, we'll go with that one. I've seen every movie the Cohen brothers uh, have made, unless they've made one in the last. I mean, I am huge, 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 huge fan of that. that that's, a, that's a good one. It's not my uh, favorite Cohen brothers this movie but that's a great 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 movie so all right well my uh, wife and my wife and i try to reenact the sunset oh scene God. as often as possible and she's not even a big cohen brother fan but she actually really likes that scene and, and it must be something with age i think as i get older that there's a lot of weight to that scene <laughs> totally so that, that was beautiful it totally is all right but look you're with um StarTech and I, I, um, I, you're, 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 you're a veteran of this industry, but, but today where I brought you on, I, I want to talk about uh, customer experience from a very specific angle. Um, I think, as you know, we've made plenty of progress um, in many areas um, of CX, customer service, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think websites are better. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the consumer facing digital things seems better to me. At least that's, that, that's my perception. But yep. there's one sort of pesky area that hasn't moved far enough for me. And it's an area I'm pretty passionate about. And that is the human part of the journey, which, uh, which can be the last mile, which is usually the last mile of the journey, that point where, uh, whether technology has failed or not, but for some reason there is a human to human interaction. Um, yep. And we haven't really made, in my mind, lots of progress in that area. Why do you think that's the area that's just stalled um, along this journey? <laughs> yeah, I, that, that, that's a big question. I think that, um, you know, I, I have a chance to work with some pretty smart people in the space. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that bubbles up is that we, we tend to still think about, uh, you know, the context center and influencing what people do in, in a very almost kind of 50s manufacturing sort of mindset. Right. And, you know, I, I think that um, as, you know, as you mentioned, 
you know, as, as the market has changed, I think, I think one thing that worked for a very long time. I, th- I think that because there was, you know, simplicity that showed up in the contact center and, and because, you know, contact centers in general are kind of like the drip tray of the organization. Everything that's broken, everything that doesn't work kind of shows up there. Right. And, you know, over the course of time, as you mentioned, technology has uh, bridged those gaps. It has, you know, uh, removed a lot of the simplicity out of the process. It's empowered, um, you know, consumers and customers and members and, and all these wonderful things that, that uh, we call these uh, folks that, uh, that call into contact centers, we've empowered them with their, their own answers. And, and for the most part, people have really, um, you know, taken to that. And, and where we end up is a place where uh, that has always been there. Right. It's just that it hasn't been, I think, uh, you know, the water has receded to the point where, um, you know, we really have to kind of look at the hardest part of the contact center uh, which is how do you how do you influence um, how people think and how do you influence uh, you know from that thinking new behaviors right and you know again I, I think from a manufacturing I mean if you look at everything from span of control to right. you know everything how contact centers have been um, traditionally uh, put together really hasn't changed and you know we still. We still train people. We, you know, anybody who's been in operations realizes the the focus of coaching, and you know, over time, <laughs> you know, put, right. put ratios on stuff, and we, you know, we come up to well, we, we need to coach people six times a week, a month, right, or eight times a month, or four times a month. Why? Right. Well, we don't really know. It just seems <laughs> to work, you know. And you know, we need we need to do two weeks of training and, and a week of nesting, or you know, whatever we call it, and, and those. I mean, those things have been around since I've been in operations. Right. And, you know, so, so again, I, I think that, um, you know, the, the challenge is that uh, we're now seeing the hardest stuff and, and sometimes only the hardest stuff yeah. in contact centers. Yeah, and from a ratio I, perspective, so, right? You know, you, yep. you know when um, you, you go back and most of the interactions to a typical contact center, whereas, where is my bill, how much, you know, Pretty simple stuff, right? And over time, to your point, right? Uh, uh, in many cases, the majority of them are now more complex because if the organization is any good at digital and technology, they've taken out a lot of the, but yet fundamentally, yeah, you, that is a very interesting point. Fundamentally, the way contact centers are organized, they're organized for, let's just call it the seventies. And, and meanwhile, the, the goalpost has moved. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, there's, there's not to discount the wonderful work. I mean, there's, there's people uh, in training and development right. roles. You know, right. uh, I've had a chance to work with the, the training and development center of Ritz Carlton, and and you know, other um, organizations, Microsoft, and you know, others over the years who who certainly have invested in and then propagated out in the marketplace. Um, you know, from a training perspective, things like Bloom's, you know, implementing Bloom's taxonomy and, and implementing. Uh, mentorship programs and you're really trying to address the human being needs more in, in terms of uh, recognizing how do you know in in spite of or I guess in the shadow of some of that manufacturing mentality how do people actually learn you know how do people actually change the way they think um, and you know how can you help help that process so there's so certainly been a, t- a ton of good work out right. there, but it, it is amazing for the most part how 
um, you know, we, we still have this kind of man, manufacturing mentality uh, over something that is, uh, you know, is still. I had somebody tell me the other day that, uh, you know, we're we're very guilty in this industry of, of saying things like, "Well, it's not rocket science." It's science. <laughs> right. And and the reality of it is, is that there's all kinds of mathematical models and algorithms that can predict how a satellite will get launched into orbit. There is not a single algorithm or, or a model that you can present that can predict what will happen when you put two people in the room in a room who have never met each other and close the door. Right. What are they going to talk about? <laughs> right. um, you know, so we still, I, I think a lot of times we kind of almost sh- kind of shortchange ourselves as, as contact center leaders to really how complex and dynamic that human is, especially when it's the tough questions now right. in, in those moments where we're requiring our people to be present, authentic, you know, these other things that we use to, you know, develop rapport. You know, we don't really sometimes I think even know what some of that stuff means, but that's what we're asking, you know, of our contact centers to be able to achieve again when when a human to human exchange becomes important in that customer journey. Yeah. So, 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 so you, you brought on something and I was making notes here that sort of caught my attention. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, so organizations you and I work with, they obviously get it. They see, okay, it seems like something's changed and what have you. And then they all try stuff, right? Yep. So they kind of yep. get to this, da, 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 da. And, 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 and I don't say this to deride. Uh, what folks are trying, um, and 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 they do see incremental benefits from it. But let's 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 sort of uh, delve into that. What do you see folks typically try traditionally? So they get in and go, "Gosh, you know what? This human to human interaction, it's this friction, is all of this." Um, and then what do you sort of see? I, I I know I hear lots of let's go do more training, <laughs> let's put them back in the classroom and let's train them up. What do you what do you see in the marketplace? And then let's talk about. You know, what's, what could be better? But let's start with what do you see? Yeah, it's, you know, it's sometimes it's kind of a hodgepodge of stuff. I, I honestly see a lot of people kind of just trying the same thing over and over again. Um, and, you know, just, just in terms of, um, you know, say it's a, a training process or, or a coaching process and they kind of just change, um, you know, again, maybe it's how many times they do it or, uh, you know, they add something else to a QA form and, um, you know, they, I think, end up in a place where, you know, it's almost kind of a, a Frankenstein sort of solution of a bunch <laughs> right. of different ideas right. that have been bolted, you know, that have been kind of bolted together over time. And, and, I, and I think the other thing I kind of see is, is the... Uh, you know, I call it the hero syndrome, which right. is, um, well, wh- you know, why did something work? And even if it did kind of work, um, you know, what was it? And, and usually there's some some very specific person aspect to it. Well, it was, uh, you know, it was Tammy or John. They came in and some of the really good ideas. And so we still kind of attribute, you know, success specifically to to a person as, as opposed to understanding you know, what are, what are the mechanics or what are the, you know, activities or, or things that happened that it, maybe that person did bring to the table that are scalable, scalable and, and, you know, can be replicated. Um, but again, I, you know, all of those things are very much from the perspective of leadership and the perspective of, um, 
you know, again, that kind of manufacturing top-down sort of understanding. And, you know, I think where, um, you know, I think where, where there's opportunities is to, you know, start with the human and start with, you know, understanding the, the, the people in the mix first as opposed to just, you know, uh, a, a different way to do training or a different way to do coaching. So, so a comment you made there stuck with me. Um, earlier on, you said it's about the way people think. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that, that's interesting. So, say, so, so say, yeah. say a little more about that. So what you're saying is, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, as I sort of see it is. So today we sort of okay look at this process that gosh this human to human interactions not that and then we apply all of the same thing that's all around sort of teaching them what to say and but but to your point is so maybe that doesn't give you lasting change or lasting directional impact but but, but then you talk about changing the way people think and uh that's that's all right. That, yep. That's a whole new thing. So say a little more about, okay, how do we change the way we think about solving this problem? Yeah. No, it's a great point. I mean, and, and to, you know, what I was mentioning before, I mean, that's uh, very much a manufacturing kind of approach, you know, change what people are doing. Um, you know, it's kind of start there first. So, you know, you see training that's focused on, uh, you know, how to, how to navigate a certain thing or how to, you know, the process steps involved. And those are important. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those those things, you know, understanding how to enter an order correctly so that, the, you know, something shows up for a customer on time or, um, you know, address some sort of billing issue in, a, in the right fashion is important. But, um, you know, it, it's one thing to kind of tell people what to do. Most adult learners, you know, that doesn't last very long. And there's a lot of good research and a lot of, you know, stuff out there. I, I won't go down that path. But, um, you know, I think we're you really try to affect the ability for somebody to connect with the, another human being like you and I are doing here. Right. We have similar thoughts and we have similar um, ways that we think about the business. And so that, that core thinking or cognitive function, if you will, it naturally leads to certain behaviors. So we go about our business uh, every day a certain way. Right. And I think that that, you know, that's kind of, um, that's difficult sometimes for organizations to really get their head around and, and you know, answer the question of, um, you know, we ask people to try to be empathetic and to try to see things from, uh, you know, the, the member or customer's perspective. What we're asking, you know, when people do that is we're asking them to actually change the way that they think about uh, an issue. And so um, if you can impress upon people that, uh, there are certain ways to think about human interaction right. that, that evoke uh, being present and evoke things like, you know, that was an authentic uh, sort of experience. Those things are really hard to fake. You actually have to try to get somebody to a space where they're genuinely interested in asking insightful questions um, in being, you know, present in that moment to the point where, you know, if they hear a, a, a dog barking in the background or something, they right. kind of pause and they say, do you, "Do you need to let you need to let your dog out, or we good?" Oh no, you know, those kind of moments of spontaneity are, are a very good indication that um, somebody isn't just thinking about what they're going to do. You know, you've you've heard the term. You know, if we, if we could go through life 
uh, listening to people to understand as opposed to listening to people to respond. Right. You know, it's, kind of, it's kind of that, it, it's that same notion. So how do you, when you, when you approach the customer and the human engagement from that perspective, your training changes. So now you're asking people to go through cognitive exercises with one another to learn how to ask insightful questions and, and be present in, um, so, so look, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in. I can just imagine someone listening going, is that teachable? Is that trainable? Um, in, in other words, <laughs> you know, it seems, yeah. is, is it a great is, question? Is it? Yeah. 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 And the, it, it, uh, the science tells us that, uh, it is now there is also a, you know, it's like the rest of life. There's a genotypic and a phenotypic. Uh, sort of aspect to it, meaning that the people, um, you know, that walk in our doors every day have an innate ability right. on some sort of scale in a number of different dimensions to be able to engage with one another like this. Um, you know, so, so it's important, again, if you, if you swim further upstream in the contact center to how do we source and hire, there, there's certainly some aspects. You know, I've seen companies do some really innovative things where, um, you know, it's kind of the uh, those situations where the interview starts before the interview starts, right? Have right. a whole bunch of people show up in a room and, and with one coffee maker that's broken right. and take groups of five people at a time and watch what they do. Right. <laughs> that's right. the interview, you know. So, so there's there's some great innovative things. We do a whole bunch of things kind of along those lines. But, you know, so there's certainly some innate abilities that, uh, that aid that. But having said that, we're very social creatures for the most part, and, right. and there are precepts in psychology and, and you know applied sociology, communication science, you know a whole bunch of social sciences that um, can predict what people are doing for for good cause. In that um, you know we are sometimes predictable, and there are things innate in all of us that that exist in the ability to communicate and the ability to display these behaviors that again are rooted in thinking and cognitive processes are common, um, you do have people that have varying abilities, uh, you know, just based on their makeup uh, and, and, you know, kind of, you know, the life that they've led before they get to your door, too, that, that do affect that without a doubt. Right. So, so as I sort of think about this, right, um, we are talking about two human beings having a conversation, after all. I hate to be overly simplistic about it, right? So when it, when it all comes down to whatever business you're in, at the end of the day, what we are talking about affecting here is making an interaction between two human beings um, produce better outcomes for, for both sides. So, yep. so, so I, I want to delve a little bit into, because again, you, you know, you have organizations with internal customers, external, different, different layers of complexity. So, so delve a little bit into that. So, um, you know, if I am a hotel chain, um, does everyone need, you know, what, what levels of these conversations, uh, do, do folks need? So in other words, um, it, it, does everyone need that interaction to be that rich or are there, or is there a scale based on what it is you do? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Sometimes we get into conversations with people on this topic and they, they misconstrue, um, dialogue you know what we refer to as dialogue right uh with uh with chit chat and they're two very different things i think that um the uh in the first couple of seconds when we meet somebody there's a bunch of stuff that the brain does that you know i won't totally go into but we make some very profound 
contextualizations of a situation based on that. And, you know, again, in, in call centers, even in retail environments and everything, uh, you know, sometimes we do some horrible things to our, our, our humans involved in that process and, and require them to take those couple of seconds uh, to say something, you know, innocuous or ineffective, like, you know, well, thank you for calling in today or welcome to so-and-so today. We have this on sale <laughs> right. and you can see, you know, so we kind of, we anesthetize the ability for the human to um, engage in, in that, which is very natural for us. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it absolutely changes based on concept. It, what I'm talking about is that, you know, how we engage with somebody and determine, you know, again, back to my, when you put two people in a room, determine where the conversation is going to go. What, you know, how is that going to play out? And um, it, there are great customer experiences that are curt and to the point. Um, because that's give, give me what an example. Give that's me an example of that, and what? Where would you give me a um, scenario? Yeah, you know, I, I think about myself sometimes. I mean, I uh, you know, I love to communicate and talk, but there's sometimes I show up at a hotel at eleven thirty at night after a long flight, and I don't necessarily want to engage in all the pleasantries, and I really appreciate when somebody, you know, welcome, glad you, glad you're here, man. It was a long flight. Um, you know, we'd love to, uh, we'd love to have you, um, you know, get to your room as quickly as possible and kind of just get through that process and we'll get you up to the room. And, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of idle chit chat in that. They didn't figure right. out what my kids swim schedules were, <laughs> that. Right. but they were very, um, they recognized that there was, you know, I may have been tense or I may have been tired and they recognized that and they matched my pace right. in that exchange. Mm, um, Service environments, you know, uh, retention environments are famous for this too. Um, really taking the time to, you know, understand a customer's context. You know, we did a study years ago where, um, you know, un- understanding the actual technical issue that resulted to somebody wanting to cancel a subscription or, or discontinue a relationship, uh, taking a couple of minutes to really understand that uh, at the beginning of the call increased retention rates by 30%. And, you know, so it was, it's, it's those moments where, mm. again, engage, kind of allow the customer to, um, you know, set the context and understand what their context is. And again, allow your own human brain to do the things that it naturally does pretty well when it's unencumbered with scripts and unencumbered with, you know, maybe trying to type in too many notes at the beginning and, and really being engaged with that person. Um, you know, the outcomes from those moments when they happen, usually leave both parties feeling like something valuable was exchanged. Hmm. So, so I want to, I want to wrap up here cause I'm, um, I'm getting short on time and we'll, we'll have to do a part two of this, but I want you to get into this again, folks are listening and I like this to be practical and helpful for folks. So as they sort of consume this and get the, like right there, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, what are practical things? What are the dimensions where it seems really, really complex? But if you were to boil it down and say, look, you know, there are five areas where, where work needs to be done. Um, what does that kind of look like for you? I, I know it, you know, again, it's far more complicated, than, but boil it down to, uh, you, you, you guys do this for a living. What are these areas that where you, per, you, you spend a lot of time looking into and making change to affect this kind of, um, radical change in my mind that we're talking about? Yeah. So, um, I could kind of walk through, yeah. you know, the process that we take customers through. Yeah. 
to understand this. Um, it often starts with, uh, you know, or many things start, and that is looking at um, some of your best outcomes, mm. and and you know, starting with with again trying to replicate, um, you know, what's what is good that's going on. So we typically do a, a very large data sample set of, of customer exchanges and interactions, and we identify. Um, what behaviors are most associated with those outcomes? Um, and it's and it often is different. I've never seen two companies identical just in terms of, you know, one company, it may be that uh, taking the time to really build some rapport uh, results in, you know, great, um, you know, retention rates or sales right. rates. Sometimes it's questions. Sometimes it's asking insightful questions. Sometimes it is uh, doing more complex things like, um, you know, managing the customer's perception of themselves, which is a very complex thing, but we but we do it. And an example would be, you know, an, an older uh, customer calls in and, and she says something like, you know, I just don't understand how these things work, and I had to call in today. Um, you know, the agent could say something like, well, I'll, t- I'll take care of that. Hold on just a second while I answer your, your information. Or the agent says something like, you know what, ma'am, I went through three weeks of training on this stuff, and sometimes I still don't understand. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. I'll get you taken care of to, again, do some soul searching with data and, you know, look for that subtlety because it's usually those things that, that your best agents are doing that people just kind of go, well, yeah, that was just a good person. They do that every time. Really try to understand what the DNA of that is and those little subtle behaviors that they're doing that, that kind of create those. And then, you know, do the good hard work of, um, you know, having some brainstorming to understand how, can we integrate that back into the customer service training? And also, how can we integrate it into uh, the coaching and leadership development processes so that um, those behaviors that we would that we look for uh, our representatives to display are also being modeled and displayed for them by their leadership? Um, and again, we, we have a, a very structured, based on about 40 years of research in, right. in a whole library of behaviors that have been built up that we that we can draw on, but I, but I think any organization can kind of start there. I think the key part is is to clearly understand, uh, you know, what the subtleties are because they happen very very quickly. Um, there's you know customers look for things like friendliness uh, mm. factor. Right. You know how friendly is a person? Well, peel that apart. Why why did somebody sound friendlier? It's a combination of words and tone, timing, recognizing the contextual situation of the of the customer. Those types of things are, are, are often things that we just gloss over and throw into a, a soft skills bucket. But, um, you know, these are, you know, we haven't talked about it. when you get to like automated things. These are things that people are trying to understand to, to make systems better. You know, what are the subtle things? And I think that's where I would focus people um, is, is really kind of go back and listen to, listen to their best exchanges, their right. best dialogues with a new ear. Yeah, and, 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 and I think it's key to not think about them as your best agent so much as the best outcomes. That, that way, again, I think the yes. word you use was that, great point. that hero yep. complex. So, Luke, uh, we're, we're out of time, but um, I, I want to wrap up. I want to thank you for coming on the show, and we've got to do a part two because I really want you to delve a little bit deeper into the how and, and how folks can sort of make this thing work. Uh, I'm going to post uh, Luke's LinkedIn info on when this podcast goes goes live, so you you folks can reach out to him and have some further dialogue. 
Um, I did want to sort of highlight some of the things we learned today. Um, I, for me, I learned uh, be, being a good human being on the phone is hard work. <laughs> when, <laughs> when you've got scripts and you've got things you've got to say. Uh, so we as, as uh, leaders have to figure out how we make life um, easier um, but for our employees first and foremost, but it will translate to the customers as well. Uh, telling people what to do, especially adults, is not a long-lasting strategy um, in this space. And I think Luke, you sort of you sort of uh, drilled that home. And uh, and I think we wrapped up with how do we help people think differently? How do we free them and help them, um, you know, be great human beings on the phones? Because it's obvious to me that part of the problem why. Uh, they're not is, is some of the, the things we have self-inflicted w- wounds um, that we've done ourselves. And we n- need to sort of rethink what the 21st century contact center uh, looks like when it comes to that last mile. So great stuff, Luke. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, Amos, thanks for having me and um, good chatting with you. All right. Look well, forward to the next time. Absolutely. Um, for those of you listening, this has been another episode of the Curate Experience. Um, you can continue the conversation on my blog where you can get a copy of my book and you can make comments and you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Now until next time, remember the experience is either random or intentionally curated. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the curated experience with Amas Tanuma. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll join the conversation online by visiting us at curatedcx.com or at amastanuma.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-D-C-X dot com or A-M-A-S-T-E-N-U-M-A-H dot com. And please invite your friends and colleagues to visit our website or iTunes where they can check this and previous podcasts. This has been a Beyond LLC production. Check us next time for another edition of The Curated Experience.